Hey everybody, welcome to episode 131 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran, and I have been metal detecting for 30 years. This week, we continue our series on metallurgy with part two on silver. Yar! Silver! Pieces of silver and stuff. And we have a question for the doctor via the Doctor Detector form on the website. So let's get on with the show. Okay, silver, in my view, is the most important metal to us metal detectorists. It may not be as valuable as gold, but it definitely is more abundant. So the chances of finding it way outdo the chances of finding gold. So let's start with the basic information again. It's the 47th element on the periodic table, 47 meaning its atomic weight, and it's represented by the symbol AG. It has the highest conductivity of any metal. And if you remember from last week, conductivity is a metal's ability to transmit electrical current and heat. And this is important for you as a detectorist because I repeat this over and over again, your metal detector is based on the conductivity scale. And as silver has the highest conductivity, this means that silver will reside right at the top of your conductivity scale. So this conductivity, again, is measured in Siemens per meter, and silver is 6.3 by 10 to the minus 7 Siemens per meter. And then when you look at resistivity, which is essentially the opposite to conductivity, resistivity is the measure of how strong the metal resists the urge to transmit electrical energy or heat. Silver's resistivity is 1.59 by 10 to the minus 8 ohms per meter. And just like conductivity, where silver is the highest, silver has the lowest resistivity. Silver's nearest neighbor is copper at 1.68 by 10 to the minus 7 ohm meters for resistivity. And then for conductivity, it's 5.96 by 10 to the minus 7 Siemens per meter. Why is this so important? Well, as a detectorist and when you found silver, you know that you have found silver. As generally, it'll blow the head off you, just like Marty blew the head off himself in Back to the Future 1. But yeah, silver is super important as a metal when metal detecting. And the fact that its nearest neighbor is copper is very important too, because the odds of finding something good when you come across a copper signal and or a silver signal is quite good. The chances of you finding trash when you hit in that region of copper or silver is quite good. So the probability of you actually finding something good when the VDI indicates copper and or silver, for that matter, the chances of you finding something good or the chances of you not finding trash are fairly good. Conversely, when we talked about gold last week, gold set right beside aluminium, and that's why you had to dig every aluminium signal with gold. But silver is different. If you get a silver tone, you can be fairly sure that if it's not silver, then most more than likely it's going to be copper which is not too bad either. There are many different types of silver, and that's because silver is super malleable. But to make it usable or workable, silver is generally alloyed with its nearest neighbor, copper. So again, this makes it super easy for us to detect or identify. I'm not saying detect. Detect implies that you can just walk out and find it, but to identify it when your detector waves over it. The amount of silver used in an alloy is measured in a millesimal finest scale. So that means if something has a finest of a thousand, it means it's 100% silver. You're probably starting to put 
two and two together here. So if something has a finest scale of 925, it has a silver percentage of 92.5%. And 925 is more commonly known as sterling silver, which was established by King Edward I in the 1300s as the royal standard for their silver coins when they minted them. So any coin you potentially find after the 1300s, and really and truly, if you find something from beforehand, fair play to you, but anything you find after that, it's more than likely at that standard of 925. The second most popular fineness of silver is 999, and it's just referred to as fine silver. But there are other standards. There's the French first standard, which is 950. And then you have coin silver, which varies from a range of 750 to 900. Like gold, silver exists in its raw elemental form out in the wild and has been used in the ancient past as probably the first form of money where worked silver has been used as simple bartering for local produce. Believe it or not, silver used to be considered more valuable than gold. This was before the discovery of the process of cupellation, which is the use of high temperature to purify and to remove silver from raw ores. In fact, this cupellation was used to refine gold and silver and became the fundamental process in metallurgy since then. Cupellation obviously became very popular, resulting in the island of Sardinia being the world centre for silver production. This centre of silver would move from Sardinia to Central Europe in the Middle Ages till the discovery of America and the plundering of the conquistadors moved that central silver production to the Americas and South Americas, who remained the dominant producers of silver till the beginning of the 18th century, when then it moved actually to America till the 1970s, where it briefly moved over to Europe, to Poland, in Central Europe for a decade, as highly valuable silver seams were found in Poland. In the 1980s, it moved back to the Americas with Peru and Mexico becoming the global leaders in silver production. One historian said silver went around the world and made the world go around. It was that important. For you as a detectorist, you'll be focusing on silver coins and jewellery and household items. But like gold, silver was used in the first production of actual electrum coins, which is the ally of gold and silver in Lydia in the 600 BC. And it has remained there since that time, since 600 BC in Lydia. There's been silver involved in coin production all the way up to 1947, really, when the British government decided to remove all silver from coinage in an effort to pay back the US for their help during World War One. So in the UK, from 1947, silver was removed from all coins. And then in the US, they followed suit in 1970 with all, all silver being replaced with cupra nickel in the 1970s, I believe maybe there may have been some produced in 1971, but generally after 1970, all coins had no silver in it. And then in Ireland, just to bring it home, Ireland removed all silver from their coinage in 1943. So any coin minted before 1943 in Ireland potentially could have silver. In the US, anything before 1970 potentially could have silver in it. And then anything in the UK, anything before 1947 potentially could have silver in it. Today, silver is priced at about 76 cents per gram. So it's not as valuable and not as desirable as gold. But like I said, as a detectorist, its abundance ensures that silver is super important to you to find. Silver, of course, is not only used in coinage. It's also used in tableware, jewellery, 
Do you know the reason why it's using tableware? Because silver has an antibacterial property, which means it kills all bacteria it comes in contact with. So it forms a sterile surface, which, of course, is healthier for you in the long run. And that is why you have silver cutlery and tableware. We all love finding a silver spoon. The first thing you check when you dig up a spoon is to see whether it's silver. Does it have a hallmark? Does it have a 925? We all have a stack of silver spoons lying around in our finds drawers of varying degrees of decomposition. <laughs> but generally, yeah, we love finding silver spoons. Silver is used in teaspoons, teapots. And I have to say, there's nothing like a cup of tea out of a silver teapot. I don't know what it is. It just tastes amazing. So try it out. Go find yourself a silver teapot. <laughs> silver has been used everywhere over the last couple of hundred years. It's used in mirrors. It's been used in medicine. It's been used in photography. It's been used in electronics. So there's no doubt it's out there for you to find it. But it can be a little bit deceiving when it comes out of the ground because silver has a tendency to come out black or blackened, looking like stainless steel or just dark aluminium. So always double check something that comes out. And if it sounds like silver and it comes out looking like aluminium, there's a good chance it could be silver. So always double check. Top tip, if you ever want to check if something is silver, if you find any bit of silver, spit on it and then wrap it up in tinfoil. And if it is silver you will hear fairly quickly a little hissing and sizzling as the silver forms some sort of electrochemical reaction with the aluminium and the, probably the salt in your spit. A good top tip to help you identify silver in the, in the field. So maybe you should always include a couple of inches of tinfoil in your finds pouch, just in case you want to know before you get home. Another aside, today there's... Um, there's an ongoing trend called black silver now, which is essentially oxidized silver. So to take silver and dip it in some form of acid, which artificially creates a patina of oxidization on silver. So watch out for that too. All I know every time I find silver, I'm always trying to figure out whether I should clean it or not. And that seamlessly leads us into Dr. Detector's question this week from Bob. And Bob's simple question is to clean or not to clean that is the question, Kieran. To clean or not to clean? Well, for me, actually, sorry, there's the camera. Well, for me, cleaning is a very subjective thing and a personal thing and can lead to emotional responses by other detectors or other collectors who say, oh, you shouldn't have cleaned that or why didn't you clean it? But generally, my golden rule of thumb is if I know what it is and I know what the value is and I know that by cleaning it, it's not going to increase it, its value or it's not going to negatively influence the value. I may make some effort to clean it, right? However, if I don't know what it is, I do not clean it at all. In fact, I have finds still in my finds boxes that still have the dirt on them from the day they were found. I'm very reluctant to clean anything. I might give them a little brush. I might give them a little rinse under the warm tap without actually rubbing them I might just soak them in some warm water without rubbing them, but that's as far as I go when it comes to cleaning. For example, my silver thimble I found there last year or the year before, that still has oxidation inside it and it still has muck inside it, even though I do have it on display. On the outside, it looks clean and that's just purely from the condition it came out of the ground and, and me holding it and it's essentially some oils, I suppose, from my fingers getting on it. But I know 
the way I have it right now hasn't actually added or removed any value to the to the thimble at all. So my golden rule is if you know what it is and you know it's going to devalue by cleaning it, don't clean it. If you don't know what it is, don't clean it. If you know what it is and you know it's of little value and you know by cleaning it is not going to lower the value because half nothing is nothing, then go ahead, clean it. If you're going to clean it just to try and get some more information out of it, I, I, it's a risky business, you know. Um, listen, I have done some crazy stuff in trying to learn about cleaning. You know, I've dipped them in acid. I've tried the classic olive oil. I've tried Andre's pencils. I've even used a laser to try and sublimate off any patina or rust of some fines. Now, I did that knowing I was potentially causing irreparable damage to the find. However, I knew this wasn't going to change the value of the find. You know, so generally it's it's pre-decimal copper coins that I, I test this stuff on, that generally I find them as toast. So from that point of view, I never try to clean something that is of value, either historical or monetary. Value is subjective. It's either historical or of monetary value. And for me, that value is equal. If it's of historical value, I won't clean it either. So don't clean your finds is what I'm saying, unless you absolutely know what it is and absolutely know that by cleaning it, you're either going to enhance the value or you're not going to reduce its value or detail. Listen, guys, that's it for this week. If you're listening to the podcast, don't forget to go over to YouTube to like and subscribe. If you're in YouTube and you don't like looking at me, you can always go over to your podcast directory of your choice and subscribe over there and just listen to my dulcet tones every week. If you are listening on a podcast app, don't forget to give me a review. Don't forget to tell your friends. Check out our Patreon. Buy me a coffee down below. And guys, most importantly, get out there. Eyes down. Good luck and happy hunting. And we chat to you all again next week.